0: This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast.
1: What is going on, Diesel Nation? Today's episode is going to be really fun. I always have a great time when I can chat with a fellow podcaster. And today we've got Solomon on. He hosts the F100 Talk podcast. And he's also the founder of an Instagram page called At The Ford Era. And if you're into classic trucks, you've probably seen his page on Instagram. There's so many restorations and builds, S- SEMA trucks, everything you can imagine is on there. And I think as, as truck enthusiasts, were fans of the old ones, new ones, you know, everything in between. And so we wanted to ask him about that, what drew him to the Ford platform. And then also his personal truck, which has a Cummins swap in it with a 47RE. And why he decided to go with with the 12 valve Cummins, what his goals are for it, for power, and how he uses the truck. So, this, this episode is gonna be a little bit different, and that it, it's just gonna be him and I chatting about you know, the diesel industry, Ford F100s, how the two merge with these swaps, and offering him some advice and, and pointing him in a direction on things that he can do with his truck to get a little bit more power and torque and some really cool swaps that he also has in the works. So that's a little teaser towards the end of the podcast, so we're really appreciative of his time and know you guys are going to love this episode. All right, let's get to the podcast with Solomon and chatting about F100s and diesel swaps. Solomon, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. This is this is going to be really fun. It's, it's always awesome to chat with, one, a fellow podcaster, and then, two, someone who has an Instagram page that I've been following for years and loving the trucks and loving the content, so welcome uh, welcome to the show and look forward to chatting with you today
0: well I really appreciate you having me on and uh, you know I've been a longtime listener of your podcast and you were uh, one of my inspirations for starting my own podcast and uh, I appreciate you you know following the page it's it, it, it all came from like humble beginnings I really had no idea what it was gonna be and you know it just kind of snowballed into a good thing and you just keep a good thing going I guess
1: it was it was really interesting to me i don't remember exactly when i started following i know it was you know three four years ago somewhere in there and i've always really liked newer trucks and by newer i mean from like 2000 on but there's this connection i think any truck person has with the classic trucks whether it's ford and you know c10s or even some of the old rams and we all have a story or or a connection to it and i remember just scrolling through the page and I would see so many different styles and i think that's what i really liked whether it was a a lower two-wheel drive or it was you know a, a crew cab that had a come and swap in it or a restoration or a truck that was all original and that's what your page delivers that is so cool just the
0: variety well i appreciate it and that's one of the main things that i i like about it is the variety you know i i don't have one specific style I like a bunch of different things, so as long as it falls under the category of classic Ford truck, that's really what it is. Um, so for those listening uh what we're talking about is my, my main Instagram page is uh at the Ford era, and I post up like nineteen forty eight to nineteen ninety seven uh Ford F series trucks, pretty much all day every day and um, yeah, that's pretty much uh it so it it started out kind of uh simple you know i uh, i was friends with a bunch of c10 guys but i was into fords and when i would go on instagram i wouldn't really see a lot of fords i'd see a lot of c10s and i was like man we need a we need a ford page so we could kind of show these guys other cool things that you could do to your trucks because like when i would work on my trucks i'd be on the forums or trying to figure out what to do and uh i would look for pictures and look for inspiration and ideas and i said if nobody else is doing it i guess i need to do it so I started the page and uh, just started posting up my buddy's trucks and my trucks. And uh, you know, now fast forward five years, it's uh, became like a community.
1: That's, that's what I noticed in the comment section too is, is uh, it's almost like, it's almost like the forums, how they used to be a really long time ago where we're all joined together by the passion for particular your range or a, even a brand and brand loyalty is so huge and in, in the truck world and so it's one of the it's one of the pages that i always you know pay attention to and and look forward to seeing what you have and, and there's definitely some crossover into the diesel world and i've had a few guests on that had some of those older four trucks and they've done coming swaps on them and i wanted to have that lead into your personal truck have you explain a bit about you know what year it is what you've done to it and just your process of owning you know a a nice four truck an older truck and then getting into the the diesel side of it
0: absolutely so for me i uh originally i was a gas guy and i still am. i mean i've got 11 trucks only two of them are diesels powered uh but I I always wanted something that's reliable I can kind of do a lot of things I don't want a very specific type of truck I want a truck that you know it can it can go to a car show or a truck show it can pick up you know lumber I can pull something I could tow something I don't have to worry about anything and um, that that always to me was very appealing something that is useful not just cool uh, so I had, a, I had a daughter back in February and I decided that I have a bunch of single cabs but I need a crew cab. So I started looking around and I came across an ad in uh, in Boise, Idaho on Facebook marketplace for a truck and uh, I clicked on it and checked it out and it was the 1970 Ford F-250 and uh, the guy didn't really have a lot of photos or a good description, but from what he did have it caught my eye So I sent him a message and he started giving me a bunch more details and it ended up being Goldust, which is my truck now. So after me and him go back and forth and I actually uh, I kind of knew about the truck because I've posted it on my page before. So I found out who the builder was. I contacted the shop that built it, asked them their opinion on the truck and uh, actually had the guy that owned it bring it back to the shop to kind of go through it because I did a three thousand mile road trip home once I bought the truck. But what it what it is, the truck is a 1974 F-250 crew cab it's originally a two-wheel drive truck and uh, Jimmy over at old iron gas and diesel did a full uh chassis swap so what they did was they shortened up the 96 Dodge chassis five and a quarter inches brought it in and uh set the Ford body on top of it made everything work and fit like like it should and um it's it's a great swap and the truck is awesome I mean I I literally flew in from Miami to Boise Got to the airport and uh, he picked me up in the truck and I drove it straight back home, three thousand miles, and haven't had any issues. I mean, it, it leaks oil, but all my diesel friends tell me if you have a Cummins and it doesn't leak oil, then you don't really have a Cummins. <laughs>
1: That's true, and some of the older power trucks do it too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun. You know, my buddies know when I come over to their house because they have a they have a little bit of oil in the driveway.
1: <laughs> now with the uh, with the diesel swap itself you know when you went into it you mentioned you know wanting the utility and the versatility of it what are some of your goals in the in the future or even in the present with you know some upgrades or, or some things that you want to improve with either the power or the torque or the economy or really any part of the driving experience
0: so I'm, I'm a little bit torn and the main reason why is I uh, the truck works you know it works well and I'm always scared that if I start tinkering with it if it's not going to work as well and uh, I, that's why I was excited that I was going to be on here because I actually do have some questions for you so like right now the truck is a uh, it's a 12 valve p-pump and it's got a 47 re trans and it's it's bone stock you know it doesn't feel like a slouch but it doesn't feel fast by any means And you know I don't I don't think an old diesel truck and it's supposed to be fast, and I mean, this isn't old, but it's still, you know, 26 years or whatever, or 25, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, some of the things I was thinking is, uh, like, what are the downfalls of this setup, like, the, the motor and trends? What, like, do you know some of the downfalls on it?
1: I, mean, I think in, in, in general, and even specifically with it, is there, there tends to be a, a tipping point between the power and the torque that we want. And when either the reliability or the maintenance costs are going to just, they're just going to be part of it every year. It was, it was actually really interesting is um, on our last episode, we were chatting with Frank from Redbacks Converters about billet shafts. And we talked a lot about the 47 and the 48 RE. And we were talking about, you know, customers that call and say, Hey, do I need to do this billet shaft or what should I do with the transmission? And typically that's the first thing that pops up is they don't handle much more power than stock. And, You know, you're going to want to do a a triple disc converter and uh, an upgraded valve body. Or, you know, if you're doing a whole transmission, it's going to have upgraded clutches and pans. But just that billet input shaft. And once we start to get into, I mean, I would say like 600, maybe 650 horsepower is kind of, for me personally, would be the max of of what I'd want. I think 5 to 550 for something that's reliable, something that's not going to beat up the transmission, something that is still gonna have that economy that you want is really the sweet spot for, I would say, really any diesel truck, whether it's a, a, a P-Pump 12 valve or, you know, a brand new one. And I think, you know, there's always outliers, there's always people who have a 700 or 800 horsepower truck with tons of miles on it and somebody that has 350 horsepower and has nothing but problems, but I think, you know, right in that 450, 550, maybe top 600, it'd probably be where you'd be the most happy with the performance and
0: the reliability. And I feel like that would be a real doable number. Um I mean now the truck's got what, about one eighty ish stock. I mean I don't know if it still has that but that's what it's supposed to have. And uh you know one and a half, you know, two times that's that's a lot of power to add into there. You know, you're doubling that. So would you say would you say uh, transmission is something I have to upgrade first, or do you kind of you you do the motor stuff and fix what breaks?
1: usually, I mean, to get the power up, it's going to be so easy for you with a modified fuel plate, and delivery valves, and, and you're going to be able to get pretty close to that 4, 450 range. And right there is when the stock transmission can start to have some issues. So they almost go hand in hand. Um, you know, if you're just going to do a little bit more power, maybe do the modified fuel plate and just some, some small fueling upgrades. You probably get away with the stock transmission for a little bit. But eventually it's going to come down to having to do the converter, the valve body, you know, refreshing the transmission and, and doing a billet input shaft. And it's so easy, too, when you're doing the transmission, you got it out. There's a stock flex plate. You're probably going to put a billet flex plate on it. But at that point, you know, you've know you got something that's a bit overbuilt for that 450 to 550 range. But then you don't have to worry about it. So I think they're going to, it's going to come up pretty quick depending on how much power you want to add. And if you just want to do it all at once or, you know, just do a little bit here and there and, you know, go to 300 then 400 and then 450, it just kind of depends how you're going to build it.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't mind doing it slow, um, mostly because like the whole journey with this truck, I've been documenting on my Instagram and as well as my YouTube. So like Ford Air on both of them. Um, so I think it's fun one for content, you know, I could, I could drag out the content, but also I can, I can learn the truck like right now, I've had it for about four and a half months, and I put like 20,000 miles on it, and uh, I've learned all these different things about the truck, and, you know, I keep fixing little things, and uh, I think it would be cool, because if you do everything at once, then you kind of, it it just goes to one, from one extreme to the next, and if I do it gradually, then I can really enjoy it, and, you know, oh, I, I, I like this, or I want a little bit more top end, or I want bottom end, or I don't really know exactly, but just something that, uh I feel like it would be a little bit better especially for how I'm trying to do something on this truck but you have me curious so what what can I do without adding parts but it gets more power you are saying about the fuel plate I honestly I I've heard the terms but I don't know too much can you can you kind of explain it to me
1: yeah there's there's a, a bunch of different products that are out there from adjustable fuel plates or one size a certain size or even some companies have some adjustable ones where you can adjust it in cab which is really cool and we had on one of our recent podcasts where you can just deliver more fuel into the engine to be able to pick up a little bit more power. And I mean, from that point, you really have ultimate control over, you know, if if you're going to get into an aftermarket single turbo or compound turbos and, you know, valve springs and head studs and, and just kind of the supporting things for that fuel, but I think you have such a realistic and defined goal for the truck that you're probably not going to fall into the pitfall like say I did with one truck is I did everything at once and it went from something that was like 500 horsepower to 800 and I was in over my head and I'm like I can drive it but I can't tow with it anymore you know if it snows or something like that I don't really want to take it out and I made that mistake and it was you know a lot of money and then having to try to get it back to where I wanted was just not the way to do it but it was the first time I ever got really involved in you know, modifying something. Um, so I think just to pick up, you know, 50 horse, 60, 80, maybe hundred, it's not going to cost a lot. And it's just, once you hit that kind of mid 400 horse range, 500 horse range, that's when it, it, it comes to the transmission. And that's going to be probably the most expensive part of what you do. And there's ways to save a little bit of money, whether, you know, you rebuild it yourself or you know, someone or, you know, friends with somebody who works at a transmission shop, they, it can save you some money, you know, on labor and things like that or pulling it yourself and taking it there. But that's typically where the bulk of the expenses in modifying you know a 12 valve or really any 94 to 07 truck is going to come from is with the transmission.
0: Okay. So what would what would you say are like the first 3 to 5 things? So you said the fuel plate. What else are like easy kind of free power?
1: That's probably going to be the, the, the freest. Um, do you know if it, does the engine have the killer dial pin kit in it?
0: It does. Yeah.
1: Okay, so perfect. So you got that address already. Once you start getting into the power, they're increasing power. Definitely going to want to do a valve spring upgrade, just to prevent you know valve float. Head studs aren't a bad thing to do while you're in there. So they're not necessarily you know adding power at all, but it's just protecting the top end of the engine and and avoiding a head gasket issue or, or some more. Some more labor. Past that, you know, you're going to get into you know, delivery valves, modified injectors, if you want to set, and then the last thing is going to be air. So matching the turbo to the fueling, and that's going to be another big decision you have is, you know, do you want to get this 450 to 550 horsepower off a single, or you want to get it off a, a compound set? And that's usually another really big decision that truck owners have is, you know, what direction do I want to go with that? And they each have benefits, and they each have you know drawbacks in a way.
0: Can you you tell me a little bit of the benefits? I honestly, I know compound isn't the same as twin because you have a small one feeding a big one, Um, but what are some of the the reasons why a lot of the guys kind of go that way uh, versus like a bigger single or something?
1: I'd say one would be the use. So say if somebody's trying to make a certain power number, say it's 700, 800, 900 horse, 1,000, they can do it with a single or they can do it with a compound set. However, once we get into drivability, and especially, you know, with the 12 valve with the mechanical injection, so it doesn't have the benefit of the common rail injection and, and the tuning that's available to be able to compensate for different things to make it more streetable is, you know, do you wanna make this power on a larger single, give up a, a little bit of low end response, have a little bit of lag, but hit that power number, or do you wanna have a compound set where you can use the entire RPM range and you can have EGT control, across the whole rpm range the, the challenge i'd say with compounds is really the expense so you're buying two turbos manifold piping kit down pipe it's going to have an air intake it's going to cost a lot more than you know throwing a modified single you know onto the truck but i think for what you want to do you know just you, you can hit that 450 mark in you know a stock charger it might get a, start to get a little hot once you go past that but just a smaller type single would definitely give you that response that you want and then also be able to control EGTs and just be reliable once you okay. start to go really far into the power level well, i don't want to say really far but start to get in the 550 plus range is you're going to need a bigger charger you need to control the EGTs and then the the singles start to grow and you start to get a little bit more lag and and that's where the compounds you know come in and and you'd mentioned you know doing a lot of road tripping um what you're going to be able to spool in Florida is going to be totally different than in Utah or Colorado or any place west where you're at a mile above sea level or or close to that. And so compound chargers definitely tend to be a really popular setup at higher elevations where you can control the EGTs better and use use both chargers to, to your benefit in either a towing application or just daily driving or cruising on the highway.
0: Okay, well that's definitely that definitely helps out i mean i honestly didn't really know the main benefits i kind of i knew what what it does you know that way you have the entire range of rpm but i wasn't really sure and um i mean that's that's good to hear that i don't have to go with a compound or you know it's not something that i should keep on my radar unless i'm really trying to kind of go for gold it seems like um for at least my intentions because i i kind of just want the truck to stay as like a daily driver have a good amount of power i don't i don't plan on racing it or anything like that i just want to know that it's there like right now the only thing that drives me a little bit nuts about it is uh, I've got a few buddies that have diesels and um, one of them he has like a, like a 2017 uh, Ram 2500 and all he has on it is like a tuner and an exhaust and I could like when we're trying on the highway I can't keep up with him and it's just because I, I could get him I can get close first and second and third gear but as soon as I get into fourth and he gets into fourth fifth and sixth it's he can't even hold up so I was like eh I might need something just so I can keep up. Uh, also, my <laughs> truck it I top out at like eighty four miles an hour. I don't know if that's like a regular thing or not, but it is for me.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many different parts. You're really gonna have a lot of fun with it, and you know, with with a, you know, like a three thousand RPM governor spring kit, or if there's even higher ones. You can fuel the truck to you know at a higher RPM. There's a lot of companies that have turbo kits where you know, say you're not sure if you want to do a compound kit yet. you want a modified single well they have a kit where you can put you know an upgraded single charger on and then a couple years from now you're like hey i want to do compounds well they have a kit that adds a second turbo and all the piping and that's what's so cool about the diesel industry is how the aftermarket accommodates so many different things so you just don't have to decide right now hey i'm gonna go spend three or five thousand dollars on a compound turbo setup and uh, you know, a modified P pump and just go all in. You can kind of do it in the, you know, the stages. And if you get bored with the power, want a little bit more at at some point, then there's those upgrades. And you know, the thing that really struck me when you're talking about the 2017 is that's what got me into diesel trucks. Is I, I was into gas vehicles first, and that's what I was always around. I didn't grow up around diesel trucks. And I remember there being a point where, you know, you could get a programmer for you know, Hemi or six liter Vortec or whatever it was, a five, four Triton. And there wasn't a whole lot past that unless you were going to go with a supercharger turbo kit. And I had a friend with a six liter power stroke and it's like, he put this SCT tuner on and I was like, that just added a ton of power. And then he did these other things and it's just, you can take that 94 engine and it can be as powerful or more powerful than a 2020, you know? So it's, I think that's what's so cool, and I think really what drew me into diesels is the year doesn't matter. There's so much that you can do. It's just really what do you like, you know, what kind of chassis is it in, and what are your goals for it, and you can make it do it.
0: Okay. And last thing I was curious is, do you know if it affects the mileage? I want to start kind of bumping it up, or as long as you're not on the throttle, it stays pretty good.
1: I've asked that question to a lot of different guests that we've had, whether. You know, it's somebody from an injector company or turbo company or, you know, even the transmission builders. And they all say the same thing. It depends on your right foot. And, I mean, to a certain extent, that's true. But the parts are so dialed in with, like, the refinement on the injectors and injection pump upgrades that if it's done within reason, you know, a lot of owners will report a little bit better fuel mileage out of it. So they're getting more power, a little bit better fuel economy. It's not... You know the power range you're looking at it's not in that area where you know you're going to go to 10 miles per gallon on the city and 14 on the highway those you know higher horsepower builds yeah they're they're not building them necessarily for any sort of economy it's either for a dyno number or quarter mile time or something like that but again i go back to that sweet spot of what a daily driver is and that you know 450 to 550 maybe 600 horse range you can keep that economy there in that reliability regardless of what engine it, it is you know there are some variances whether it's a you know 73 power stroke or a duramax but as far as the cummins platform it, it really is a sweet spot for
0: them nice that's good to know so cuz right now i'm loving the mileage like i don't i don't i don't even believe how good it is and uh, it just it makes it so nice cuz you're driving something old but it's like you're actually getting Really good mileage, mean even for today's standards, on a full size, you know, three quarter ton truck, getting eighteen to twenty miles per gallon, towing something or just hauling, that's pretty awesome to me. That's
1: what I've I've said it a lot on the podcast. Is my dream truck? It's not a brand new one. I love them; they're really nice. They have every possible creature comfort that you would want in a in a vehicle. But it's really that twelve valve P pumped engine. I don't. I don't know particularly why, I don't know if it's nostalgia, I don't know if it's simplicity, I don't know what it is, but I just love the idea of being able to have something like you have where you know it's it's a stock engine and it's wide open for whatever you want to do to it, whatever I may want to do to you know one if I pick one up is I'd be probably completely content at a 450-500 horsepower daily driving truck that I know that engine can go a million miles, maybe even more, you know, as long as I take care of it. And that's what I want. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit envious that, uh, you know, you have, you have that engine transmission combo and, and definitely one of my favorite classic body styles. But, you know, that's, that's what I think brings us all together. Why we're chatting, you know, with, with, um, you know, the, the page that you have, the passion that you have for your year range truck. And I'm into diesels and they just kind of merged and, That's what makes an episode like this so cool is to to chat with somebody who you know is passionate about trucks and and excited about it and just trying to learn all you can and just make your ultimate daily driver
0: yeah man and especially now like i find it awesome that uh my page you know you go on there and it's it's trucks it's just trucks and you know with our social stuff going how it is you know i have people that message me hey can you uh can you tell us what your stand is on this or you know hey can you post this up and whatever and uh, I'm like, if it's not about trucks, I don't care. And that's why I like to talk to truck guys is because it doesn't matter, you know, you're political or you're religious. It's you like trucks. Cool. All right. We could hang out. Yep. So, yeah.
1: That's what's really cool about going to events. And, you know, I, I'm a Cummins guy at heart. That's that's my favorite. But, you know, I appreciate the other the other platforms. But when you go to an event, it's like we're all diesel truck guys Whether they got a Powerstroke or Duramax new or old whether it's a sled pulling truck, drag racer, or it's just bone stock with nice wheels and tires is that's what, that's what joins us together. And I think when we get into engine swaps, it just makes it even cooler, whether it's like your truck or people putting, you know, a four BT or two eight Cummins in a Jeep, or, you know, there's some people doing really cool things with Duramax swaps and Camaros and just all this crazy stuff. That's so awesome. It's just to see, diesel take off because it is it is much smaller you know, than the gas world and, and isn't as popular and we all want to see it more popular. We, we, we love the torque. We love the robustness of the engines. We love the upside that they can have. So I think it's all cool.
0: It's funny because from my side looking in, you know, grass is greener. I think the diesel side is so much bigger than the gas side. It seems like there's like a hundred companies compared to like five companies for anything
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select
0: devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: See, and then for, it, it's, it's really interesting you mention that because from my perspective, there are a ton of diesel companies. But I'm like, man, there are so many Ford trucks out there. And there's so many different engines and so many different parts for them. And people have been modifying them for 50, 60 years. And it just seems so much more advanced and along in the, the aftermarket, in the enthusiast side so it's it's really interesting you know that you mentioned that but it's you know it's just all our perspective and, and kind of what we see on a daily basis and it's really cool to merge the two and, yeah. and learn more about it and that's what I wanted to do next was you know I wanted to ask you about your your audience and you know really your podcast that that you started is you know what what does your audience want to hear what are what are they really gravitating towards is it is it restorations is it performance is it a little bit of everything
0: so um you asked me about my podcast so I run uh, f100 talk I'm one of the co-hosts it's uh me and then I got my buddy Devin and it actually used, it used to be called the f100 nation podcast and Devin started it and then I helped him with it and then uh, one of my friends Ronnie who does c10 talk came to me and said hey I'm trying to bring together like a whole group of uh of truck podcasts, classic truck podcasts. And he's like, I'm gonna start up a new thing called Truck Talk Media. And uh, we're gonna, you know, we have C10 Talk and he also has OBS Talk for OBS Chevys. So he's like, hey, what do you think about, you know, making your podcast into F100 Talk? And he's like, we're gonna do Bronco Talk and D100 Talk as well. So me and Devin jumped on board. Um, but basically our podcast is all things Ford Truck, classic Ford Truck. You know, I think we pretty much cap it at like, I'd say, 97 but I haven't had anybody on that has anything that new um, but the the classic Ford truck world is very diverse and it's it really depends on what you're into you know so like on the podcast uh, we've had guys that are you know build their own stuff in their garage uh, mild restorations to full-on SEMA show trucks you know and then you got the guys that have an inline six you know 300 motor and then we got the twin turbo coyote guys that want to race it and go fast around the autocross track and it really depends and what I what I think is so cool is that one platform can really do all those things, I mean it can't be the same exact truck, you're not going to have a truck that's really good at you know being a show truck and then it's an autocrosser and then it's a drag racer but the platform of truck you know, a, a old single cab two wheel drive old truck, old Ford truck and you can do so much with it uh, so we really have like a, a whole bunch of different stuff on um, like today we or yesterday we released a product pod which just kind of highlights two companies uh, they're not even sponsors of ours I just find their products cool so we put them on uh, last week Devin interviewed a guy named uh, Jay Witta he had a uh, 76 F100 that he did a coyote swap on and uh, he was just kind of talking about the truck and Uh, all the different trials and tribulations that he went through with it and the week before that uh, it was me I I actually did a raffle with Ford I gave away a 1961 Ford F-100 that I had because I was raising money for a uh, a non-profit organization and uh, it was me talking with the guy that won the truck and then prior to that we had Casey Matthews uh, formerly from Gas Monkey Garage and He kind of gave us his entire life story he told us how he got involved with gas monkey you know him and uh Aaron Kaufman went to high school together and uh you know he was like I was a Pepsi Cola driver and then uh Aaron called me and uh I quit my job and went to work there and he you know he used to moonlight to do potty work and stuff but it was just cool and he kind of talks about his shop and all these different things so it's it's very diverse the podcast it's the main thing that brings it all together and the glue that holds it together is the Ford trucks, the classic Ford trucks. So if you're into classic Ford trucks, check us out. It's F100 Talk.
1: I've, I, there's a lot of, I think because diesel is, it's not extremely new, but it's it's newer, is a lot of us have our roots or our parents, our dads had an F100 or a C10 or something like that. And it's just nostalgic for us and and i've never i can't say i've ever met a diesel guy who was like oh, i don't like the old classic trucks or i don't like c10s or, i don't like f100s it's it's something that even if it's not diesel it still it still pulls us in and i think it's really cool how you you're able to accommodate such a diverse fan base you know whether it's a lowered two-wheel drive or a SEMA build or maybe an all original truck with low mileage that you know somebody wants to talk about or they want to you know have some pictures posted up so I think that's really cool to to uh, you know tie into the the audience and the fan base and I know I know diesel guys check that stuff out I know that uh, you know we all have some story of you know, our grandfathers or our dads or something like that that had one and we just we love the old trucks
0: yeah and I mean you were telling me that your dad had a uh, an old Ford truck and that's what you yeah. remember was you know so I mean, I think everybody has that. And on my road trips, I get a lot. Like when I stop at the at the gas station, you know, every single time I stop, no matter what, somebody walks over to me and is like, "Hey, man, you know, my dad used to have an old truck like that, or my cousin, my neighbor, my brother, my sister," <laughs> yeah. and we just start talking, and you know, it it just it brings back a certain nostalgia, and uh, that's what I love about it. You know, I'm I'm a pretty young guy, and I I like that. Type of truck not not maybe that particular truck but the old trucks because it, it just has flavor it has it has a little bit more than a new truck and i had a back in 2016 i i bought a you know a brand new f-250 and uh, it had the you know the 67 and everything and it was cool but it didn't have a soul and when i drive one of these old trucks it just it has soul to it you know it makes you feel good When I, I I literally just said it on my last trip, I I posted something on my personal Instagram. When I was walking back to the truck, I'm like, every time I, I look at my truck and I come back to it, I'm like, damn, I can't believe that that's mine. Like, it's so cool. Do you
1: find that, like the old timers, that they're, that they wanna help the younger generation with, you know, either showing them how to do body work or restorations or sharing knowledge or, you know, things that they've learned over the years where they want to help the new the new generation that are you know finding interest in trucks they probably drove in high school and just kind of keep that passion and that excitement going.
0: Absolutely. I think it's a big part of it because so many people these days, young guys, girls, whatever, don't want to get physical work. They, you know, they're like we're going to do computer work, we're going to graphic arts or whatever it is, and they don't get their hands dirty and kind of the trade type, vocational type of jobs are really going by the wayside. And I do see a lot of the older guys that are into it. They want to get the younger generation to be involved because if not, it's gonna die off and no one's gonna do it. Like right now, there's so many jobs in this type of industry. Like when you wanna work with your hands, you make money and you make good money, you know, and it's honest and you work hard. And the old guys want to teach you how to do that because they want to see it live on. They don't want to see their generation be the last generation of whatever it is.
1: That's that's really exciting to hear because I think in a in a way, a lot of the diesel industry or the diesel community it looks towards the gas world as almost a roadmap in in either, you know, building building the community or in how to race, yeah, you know, that's been a huge thing in diesel is, you know, the guys were going fast five years ago and they want to go faster and who has the roadmap for that? Well, the guys who've been racing, you know, gas cars forever and some of the technology and the techniques that they use transferring over and, in whether it's gas or diesel, we don't want to see the automotive industry and the automotive aftermarket and the passion for it. Go away. And I know one of the things that really excites me is doing podcasts or people who reach out. Is whenever I hear from someone younger and they're like, "Hey, my grandfather gate just gave me this truck. It's you know 1990 first gen Dodge, and I went through and I did all the body work on it. You know, repainted it, or I did this, or I did that. I want to get them on. I want them to be on the podcast because it's so cool to hear how you know the generation younger than me is excited about this this truck or this platform and. They have there's so many tools at their disposal that i mean i'm not that old but i didn't grow up with all the technology that's around now and there's so many things with social media and getting the word out getting exposure and reaching tons of people that i think they can do so much for not just diesel but also you know gas as well with some of these classic vehicles older platforms whatever it might be just to to build our audience to build you know build the people that that are excited about it to fill the stands
0: yeah, man, I definitely agree, and I love it. And for me personally, I mean, I'm, I'm 27. When I go to a show, like I, this weekend I was in Tennessee, I went to a truck show. I'd say, like, 75% of the crowd was, you know, 50 and older. And all the young guys kind of hung out together, and we're all talking about how, like, all these guys are not going to really be around too much longer. So, like, we have to step up and start doing, start doing some more stuff. And uh, I, think, I think it's really cool. You know, We got we got so many opportunities now with all this different technology and all these different ways that we can build these trucks that you couldn't do 10, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, you can 3D print a part right now in your house that people could only dream of finding or making. And the internet, now you could source parts so much easier. I mean, even original sheet metal. A lot of the Ford trucks, there's not a lot of... Uh, new parts that you can find that are real quality yet i mean there's a lot of companies working on making some good parts but there's not everything there but you know 10, 15 years ago if you were trying to find a a fender or a hood and you know you didn't find it right now and uh... in a newspaper you might have to uh... you might have to never find that piece now you just go on facebook marketplace you go on craigslist or ebay and you can find all these different things so it's like to me it's it's the best time to build a truck because everything's there it's so easy to find. I mean it's not easy to do, but it's easy to find.
1: That's where I get lost on like Instagram and Facebook is some of these pages I follow where they're selling older vehicles and there's like this whole history behind them and I'll find like I just see something and two hours later I'm still (laughs) I'm still browsing around and looking, but you can find so much, like you mentioned, whether it's the vehicle itself or the parts or connecting with people, somebody's you know, parting something out or Whatever it might be, the resources are there to do this.
0: Absolutely, dude.
1: Awesome. So. Now, with, now, with your your podcast, um, where where do you guys release? Is it on like iTunes and all the major podcast apps and things like that?
0: Yeah, so we're I think we're set up with Libsyn, if I'm correct. I I, I don't know. I don't deal with that. I just do the talking. But uh, I know it's on iTunes, Spotify, uh, uh, Android podcasts like all i think anywhere that the regular podcasts are available i would assume it's there and uh i mean if not you could you could check out i think the website's you know f100talk.com that'll that'll probably have a link right there where you can listen to it too
1: oh cool yeah i'll make sure i head on over check it out give you guys a a five-star review and i definitely want you to come back on once you have decided on some upgrades for your 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 12 valve and and just give us your impressions you know the, the process that that you went f- through from now till you know you got the modified single on there and upgraded pump and governor spring kit and everything else or maybe you did compounds and and help some of the you know the guys out there that are thinking doing the same thing and some lessons that you learned along the way
0: absolutely i mean i'm gonna be in your ear all the time now dude like hey which (laughs) what should i do with this or what what should my next step or what companies you know you you seem like you have your finger on it so i'm gonna be hitting you up all the time and uh i've got another project too that i'm doing a coming swap on so you happen to mention the r2.8 yeah so i actually i have an r2.8 uh crate motor that i picked up that's going to go into a 63 two-wheel drive truck that i'm building oh cool so that one is it seems like I mean literally everything for it comes in the box and the guys at Cummins that I spoke to are really adamant about don't try to modify this motor whatsoever so for now I'm gonna I'm gonna put the motor in I got a a Tremec TR4050 to go behind it Uh, the guys over at uh, I think it's Sun State transmissions they uh, they have a kit for that and I I picked it up from them and uh, no Silver State transmission I'm sorry and uh, I'm excited. I'm going to put that thing together, so that'll be cool. I should have two Cummins type trucks, and uh, I'm curious to see how the R2.8 is going to compare. Have you have you heard anybody? Uh, or have you spoke to people that had it that swap done?
1: I, I had uh, a guy named Gary from Diesel Pros up in Montana on not long ago, and he has done some swaps with the Jeeps, and he was talking about them and and just how streamlined that whole kit is. Just it's, it, it just, it's so streamlined. It, it makes it so much easier than like the four BT stuff. And, and he was telling them, they telling us that they're, you know, they're taking off the popularity and people are, are calling about them, wanting to do it. So I think it's going to definitely be something we're going to see more of. And I've never heard of anyone doing one in a truck like you're doing. So you're going to be the first and we're definitely going to have you on to, to see what that process was like. And then how you like driving it, which is really, you know what we all love is we love driving and just what your impressions are over all of that that engine and and how it works in the platform.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I you said first, but I know I know two guys that put them into classic Ford trucks or one's a Chevy actually, one's a Chevy C10, one's a Ford, um, and I asked both of them their opinions and uh, one of them let me drive their truck and they're like I haven't I haven't had it long enough to give you a real opinion, but they're like it works and it sounds awesome, so. <laughs> But we don't have the same setup. Uh, the F100, he's got uh, a ZF 8-speed behind it out of a like a newer Hemi type of car. Okay. Uh, so it's automatic with the, all that stuff. And uh, he said that his is great, but he hasn't put too many miles on it. His was a show build for SEMA last year. And he's like, I, I'm not using it until it finishes the show circuit. And then the other one is a, uh, is a 65 or 6 C10 that my buddy uh kyle at metalox did and he um he put behind that a 6r80 i think no 6r80 is the ford transmission he put the chevy six speed 6l80 or whatever whatever it is um behind it and i drove that one and it actually felt pretty good because the power numbers that it says are are pretty low but i feel like it's not it's not the same because of how much torque, so like, in a gas motor, when you think about power, horsepower makes a difference, because usually the torque's not really there, but with the with the r point it seems like, you know, it's got 160 or 180 horsepower, but 350 torque, and the torque is what kind of gets you home, so I'm curious to, to kind of really see how it's going to feel, and then they, like you were saying, that it comes turnkey, dude, they literally give you every single thing you need in the box, except for, like, silly stuff like all you basically need is a fuel system and a transmission and you can rock and roll
1: and that is so awesome i I know there's a lot of a lot of diesel fans out there that are hoping that one that this is successful and two that there's other options you know that are out there because i mean nobody else does a like a turnkey order your crate engine get it in install it and go you know it's always kind of piecing things together and finding this transmission and this engine and, you know, maybe there's no turbo with it and you got to find the turbo and just all the different things that go into it. So this is really cool that, you know, what Cummins is doing and yeah, I definitely want to, want to chat with you. You know, once you get that set up, you know, going and, and see what you think, see, see what the drivability is like and what your overall impressions are.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm most excited about 30 plus miles per gallon.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's what's so cool about diesel is just, the efficiency and the torque that you mentioned that it's uh, its definitely a change that I noticed going from gas to diesel. It's just like the driving experience is just different, and I got hooked on it you know, since then, and I mean, it became a lifestyle. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. Well, um, I'm, I'm slowly,
0: slowly getting there, dude.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not going to stop. It's, it's going to keep going, and, and I'm definitely going to be looking forward to you know, chatting with you in the future and and uh seeing how things are going you know with your podcast and the page but then also with these vehicles that you're working on and and just what you're hearing and seeing out there so i man, i appreciate your time today and chatting with us and, and telling us more about you know things you do and and your passion for trucks and you know welcome to the diesel world because it's it, it's exciting and you're gonna have a lot of fun
0: here well thanks for having me on and thanks for you know inviting me and you know really just uh Kind of giving me a little bit of a insight into the diesel world, and I really appreciate that because I've been listening to your pod and a couple other ones to try to learn some stuff. And I really appreciate what you guys do, so thank you so much for that. And uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And next time I'm on here, and you know, anybody that's listening to this pod that that hits me up from it, you know, I'm I'm gonna be ecstatic. So uh, if if you are okay with it, I can give a couple a uh, couple short plugs.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Cool. So if you guys want to check out my personal Instagram, it's Solomon Lunger, S-O-L-O-M-O-N-L-U-N-G-E-R. And then I've got at the Ford Era. And then uh, if you guys want to go to my website, which is fordera.com, it has a bunch of cool merch and stuff. And check out the podcast F100 Talk. And if you're not into F100s, you know, we got the other ones as well. And uh, thank you guys all for listening and kind of hearing whatever it is that I was saying these last hour or so, so.
1: Don't forget diesel fans. If you're into classic trucks and especially Fords, make sure you go to at the Ford Air on Instagram and check out the F100 talk podcast. They're on all the major podcast apps and they have a, a lot of cool content, a lot of crossover into the diesel truck world and also things outside of diesel. If you're just into trucks and just cool builds and people who are passionate about it, make sure you check them out. Give them a five star rating on iTunes till next time keep the shiny side up.